The Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriya at Bolchaki Mountain, together with a great gathering of monks and a great gathering of Sangha Bodhisattvas. And at that time, the Blessed One and the expresses the Dharma And at the same time, Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way, he saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. And through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, Prajna's son or daughter of noble family trinity, which practiced the profound Prajnaparamita. Addressed in this way, Noble Teshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, the son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form. Form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, datu, up to no mind, datu, no datu, no dharmas, no mind, consciousness, datu, no ignorance, no only ignorance, up to no old age and death, no only old age and death. No suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awakened to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Yata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhiso then the Blessed One arose from that Samadhi, praised Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, The good good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world, its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas, rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. <laughs> Yes, oh, God, oh.
So again, we will be uh, looking at uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. This text is actually a commentary on Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. And Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment summarizes all of the teachings found in the Kongjur, the pronouncements of, and the Tengjur, the authentic Indian commentaries. So Lama Tsongkhapa compares the lamp of the path to enlightenment to the ocean. And the reason for this is that all of the waters in the world, all of the great streams eventually end up in the ocean. And likewise, uh, all of the teachings of the Kangjur and the Tanjur, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha and the authentic Indian commentaries, uh, end up in a summarized format in Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. And in it, uh, J. Rinpoche, Lama Tsongkhapa's text, uh, the Lamrim Dudun, the uh, abbreviated stages on the path to enlightenment. He states that uh, it because they collect uh, streams of thousands of excellent classics, they are indeed uh, an ocean of illustrious, correct explanations. So here, uh, Lama Tsongkhapa is uh, comparing uh, the text lamp for the path to enlightenment uh, to uh, in the, uh, an ocean because of its containing uh, all of these uh, uh, pronouncements and commentaries. What is that? 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 What is Cut 
So we find another quote from the great uh, householder, Drone Tompa, where he says, it's amazing uh, that this Kadampa, uh, this Kadampa master has uh, been able to uh, uh, give this golden rosary of explanation of the three baskets adorned with uh, ornaments of the teachings for beings of three capacities. So uh, here, the uh, Drone Tompa is uh, stating that uh, the, the teachings uh, of the lamp for the path to enlightenment is like a golden rosary uh, that contains all the stages of the path uh, to enlightenment. And uh, here, when it says the three baskets, uh, the golden rosary, uh, uh, the, the, the stages of the uh, teachings on the stages of the path to enlightenment are the teachings of the three baskets. And those are the baskets of the Vinaya basket, the Sutra basket, uh, and the uh, Abhidharma basket. And those baskets correspond and are connected to the three highest higher trainings. So the uh, Vinaya basket is connected to the highest higher training in ethics, the uh, Sutra basket to the highest higher training in concentration, and the uh, Abhidharma basket to the highest higher training uh, in wisdom. So here, uh, Drone Tompa is stating that this uh, is a golden rosary of excellent, uh, uh, excellent instruction of the three baskets adorned in these ornaments, uh, like on this golden rosary, so the ornaments or the jewels on this golden rosary are the teachings for beings of small, medium, and great capacity. So it's a golden rosary containing all of these stages of the path that are that is jeweled or adorned with, with the teachings for beings of small, medium, and great capacity. So, sorry it took me a little bit to extrapolate all of that, but I wanted to give you all the meanings within it. So, yes, we do uh, in the Tibetan tradition have the conjure uh, and the tangier, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha and the authentic Indian commentaries. Uh, but we can't say that, oh, we don't have these uh, texts in the English context because uh, we do have Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment in uh, English as well as Chinese. So because we have this text, uh, we can say that we have all of these texts because it's a summary of everything. Well, 
so in Atisha, and I'm sorry, in Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, uh, we find that he first shows uh, the outline of uh, the uh, topics to come. So he first begins with the greatness of the teaching's author. And here we find the liberation life story of Lord Atisha. Uh, so we've completed that. The next section uh, goes over the greatness of the teaching itself uh, and the four greatnesses of the teaching. We've completed that. The next section goes uh, the great way to listen to and explain the instruction, how to listen to the teaching properly and how to explain, give the teaching, or explain the teaching properly. We've completed that. And then the final section is uh, how to lead students through the actual instruction. So that's the section that we're currently in. Uh, and then there are two categories that we find uh, in that. We find first the category of uh, um, uh, how to rely on, uh, relying on the spiritual teacher, the root of the path, or how to rely on the teacher that is the root of the path. And then how, uh, once having had relied on the teacher, to engage in the stages of the path. So. Uh, these are the two categories found in that last section, uh, and we're actually in the latter category of how to, uh, once having relied on the teacher, actually engage in the stages of the path. And then uh, in that we find, uh, uh, we, we, we find the section, uh, the categories of the exhortation to take full advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity, and then how to actually take advantage of the uh, life of leisure uh, and opportunity. So this shows how to actually engage in the stages of the path after one has relied upon the teacher. Jayuka, 
so beginning uh, in the human life of leisure and opportunity, we find the section uh, um, under the major heading of the stages of the path after uh, the students train their minds and after having relied on the teacher. Uh, and then the first category is the exhortation to take full advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity. And then below that, there are three categories. First is the identification of a life of leisure and opportunity. The next is the great importance of the life of leisure and opportunity. And then the last is the difficulty of obtaining this life of leisure and opportunity. So uh, in the first section, the identification of the life of leisure and opportunity, we find first the identification or the definition of uh, uh, a life of leisure. And here, uh, it is a life of leisure is referring to that which is free of a leisureless state. Leisureless state is a state from which uh, uh, one uh, cannot practice religion, so it's therefore leisureless. And in uh, Nagarjuna's uh, letter to a friend, or a friendly letter, we find a quote that says, To be reborn with wrong views, or, uh, or as an animal, a hungry ghost, a hell being, or were the con without conqueror's word, an uncultured person in a border region, a stupid or mute person, or a deity of long life, is to be afflicted by one of the eight faults that are conditions that which lack leisure. After you have attained leisure, which is freedom from these, strive to end rebirth, strive to end birth. So here, uh, it's speaking of various conditions which are considered leisureless conditions. So the first condition that uh, we currently are, don't have is being born with wrong views. So wrong views are views such as there is no karma and its results. Uh, there are de there is definitely no previous life. Uh, there are there is certainty about uh, these things, uh, which do exist. So believing that they don't. So these would be examples of being reborn with wrong views. The next is. Uh, being born as an animal, we have not been born as an animal. Uh, being born as a hungry ghost, we haven't been born as a hungry ghost. The next is being born as a hell being, we have not been born as a hell being. Here it says an uncultured person in a border region. Sometimes it's translated as a, a barbaric land, or irreligious land, a land where there's no religion uh, or order, uh, order, orderly religion, or a uh, religion, basically. Uh, so here this would be a, an all uncultured person in a border region would be, uh, that would be the meaning behind that. A uh, stupid or mute person and then uh, a, de a deity of long life. So these are the uh, eight conditions which lack leisure. And uh, here, uh, um, if one does not have any of those states, then one is dwelling in a state of leisure. So here, uh, these are the leisureless states and they're states from which uh, one does not have the freedom, the freedom or uh, the, the uh, best uh, scenario for practicing Dharma. Yes. The 
Leta Marunella is a big over the Raju and they were some of them. Raju, many, huge, many, but you use Java and then Chuta Java in a new, you use Java and the Kunai Jumajul Java in a Utahu Levan Dava. Many Ombudsman, Leta Manu, Leta Manu, Samagle, okay. Leta Manunella, this at the Duala table, and what the dinner from Kuris, Swanjik dinner. Okay. Sanjay so then, uh, if one has this basis, which is considered a basis of leisure, uh, which allows one to practice Dharma, uh, there have to be the conditions that are present that allow for the practice of the Dharma. Uh, and then these cooperative conditions are the uh, um, opportunities uh, that are mentioned when it says a life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, and then, uh, so then next we have the identification of opportunities. So there are five opportunities that pertain to oneself, and then there are five external opportunities. So in the Shravaka levels, there are, uh, there's an explanation of the five internal uh, and five external um, opportunities that serve as conditions for uh, the this, this successful carrying out of the practices uh, that the leisure, the position of leisure allows one to. Uh, so here it says, being human, being born in a central region. Uh, so I'm going to go through each of these individually with the commentary. Uh, so being human, so being a human being, we haven't been born in any of the other realms that were previously mentioned. Uh, we have been born as a human. Uh, it says being born in a central region, so it's not being, we've been born in a non-barbaric land. Uh, we have our complete sensory faculties, all of our sense faculties are in order. We don't have any, uh, uh, here it says a stupid or mute person. We have not been born in that way. We have all of our sense faculties. Uh, we have reversible karma, so we haven't engaged in any of the irreversible karmas or the heinous crimes, and here it's referring to the five heinous or five five heinous crimes or five irreversible actions. So we haven't uh, engaged in any of those, so we have reversible karma. Uh, and then faith in the source here. The source is referring to uh, the baskets of knowledge, the uh, three baskets, the sutra, the Vinaya basket, uh, um, the ba uh, with ethics, the uh, uh, sutra basket, concentration, and, uh, the training in concentration, and uh, the Abhidharma basket wisdom, so having faith in, in the three baskets, the uh, pronouncements and so forth. Uh, so those are the five uh, internal or uh, 
aspects that pertain to oneself or the wrong self. Uh, the next are uh, outer uh, opportunities, or here it says opportunities that pertain to others. Uh, and it says first that the Buddha has visited. So uh, here, uh, the visiting, me, uh, the Buddha has visited because we have uh, the Buddha's pronouncements present. So we do have these pronouncements in our world now. And then it says that the sublime teaching is actually being taught. So the, the teaching uh, of the, these pronouncements is being, the explanation of the pronouncements is being done. So the teachings are being given. Uh, next is that the teaching remains, that the truth remains in the world. It's demba, is the, the Tibetan, which is translated also as truth. It could be teachings also, but demba is truth. The truth remains. Uh, so here it means the true teachings remain. Uh, and that those, there are those who follow it. There are practitioners. There are those uh, who en uh, engage in uh, the application of these teachings. And that there, are, there is caring for others. And this caring for others is referring to benefactors, those um, um, supporting uh, the uh, propagation, if you will, of the Dharma, or supporting uh, financially, or financially, or the benefactors supporting this uh, activity. So the next section is contemplating the great importance of the life of leisure and opportunity. And there are seven points that are made uh, within that section, but if we were to try to uh, kind of summarize what these points are referring to, um, it's recognizing the ability um, of this life of leisure and opportunity, of having this basis of leisure and opportunity. One can engage in the pathway which leads to the higher realms. One can engage in the pathway which leads to nirvana or liberation. Uh, one can engage in those pathways which lead to complete Buddhahood. So this basis serves as the uh, um, catalyst for those practices. So uh, here, the great importance could be summarized into the potential for all of those practices, even though there's seven specific points that are given in this text. <laughs> So the human basis is very intelligent. Uh, the human basis possesses this intelligence with so many different abilities uh, that we have because we have this basis. Uh, the abilities we have outshine those of the gods, the demigods, and, and other beings uh, who, uh, uh, who are in the higher realms. So our abilities and potential are much greater than those of uh, other beings. Okay. Uh, so, and again, uh, the uh, 
abilities that we have are because we have the life of eight leisures and ten opportunities, as a and then we have this basis that the gods and demigods don't. I don't know if I said that before. I just want to make sure I leave anything out. Now we're in the the contemplating the difficulty of of, of obtaining the life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, and in the English section, we're on page uh, one hundred. Uh, and 24 and on page 83 in the Tibetan text. Uh, anyone who's following in Tibetan around the world? Okay. So, uh, in this section, uh, we're, we're contemplating the difficulty of achieving the life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, there, we find a quote from the basis of ethical discipline. It's uh, within uh, one of the sections of the Vinaya Sutra. There are four specific sections, this being one of the sections uh, of the Vinaya. I don't know the exact names of the others, but there are three other sections uh, of these, uh, of the Vinaya. And here, uh, it, it, when we look at the different baskets, we see there's the Vinaya basket, there's the Sutra basket, and the Abhidharma basket. Uh, this particular text obviously falls into the Vinaya basket, the basket of ethical discipline. Uh, so that's what the Vinaya basket is referring to, ethical discipline. And within there, there's an explanation, in that basket, there's an explanation of the rarity or the difficulty of obtaining this life of leisure and opportunity, where it compares the amount of uh, um, beings that are born from the lower realms back into the lower realms uh, to the number of atoms in the world. And it compares the number of beings that go from the lower realms to the higher realms to the number of atoms we find on a fingernail. Uh, and then the same holds true for those beings that are born in the higher, uh, that are uh, in the higher realms. The number of beings that go from the higher realms to the lower realms are the same as the number of atoms in the world. And the number of beings that go from the higher realms, uh, the, the, the higher realms to the lower realms are the number of atoms as there are in the world. And the number of uh, beings, I'm sorry, the higher, real, higher realms to the lower realms is the same as the number of atoms in the world. Uh, and those beings that go from the higher realms to the higher realms are the same as the number of atoms on a fingernail. So here it's showing the difficulty of achieving the life of leisure and opportunity uh, and, and showing that the opportunities are very uh, small, uh, whether one is coming from the higher realms or from the lower realms. Well, Anne 
So first there's a, an example given, as just stated, of the, the difficulty of achieving the life of leisure and opportunity. And translators know the Adams uh, analogy. Uh, and then the reason for this. Uh, and then there's a quote from Arya Deva's 400 verses which shows uh, the reason or correct sign uh, for this uh, thesis. Uh, so here it states, humans for the most part are involved in things ignoble. Therefore, most ordinary beings will surely go to the lower realms. Um, so because uh, here it's, it's showing the correct sign uh, to, that um, proves more beings go to the lower realms, or ordinary beings generally go to the lower realms. Um, and here when we see uh, the second, we look at the second noble truth, and the second noble truth is, uh, this is the superior truth of origin. Uh, the origin of suffering uh, is referring to misdeeds, non-virtue, the afflictions. Uh, that, those, act, those activities which propel one or are the throwing actions that uh, lead to the lower realms. Um, so ignoble, those are considered ignoble actions. So uh, um, ignoble things are non-virtuous actions. Uh, so since those are the origin, uh, this is the or where Buddha stated that this is the superior truth of origin, this is the origin of suffering, uh, because uh, ordinary beings are, here it says humans for the most part, and then it says ordinary beings are involved mostly in things ignoble, involved in mostly things that are non-virtuous, they are involved in that which propels them into the lower realms of, or the miserable realms of cyclic existence. Uh, so it is, uh, it is, we can say that, uh, why is it that more beings go to the lower realms? It's because they are ignoble persons, or persons of, who are ignoble. Uh, so, uh, are more uh, involved in ignoble, if you will, if, if that's more literal. So, because they are persons, more involved in the ignoble. 
so here ignoble again is referring to non-virtue or misdeeds. So uh, Arya Deva's 400 verses gives us a correct sign to prove why most beings go to the lower realms. And the correct sign is that most beings are involved in the origin of the lower realms, in activities that are the origin of the lower realms. So, when we look at the So when we look at uh, most or, uh, beings uh, uh, being born into the lower realms, we can say, because most beings are, in, when we look at the second noble truth, this is the superior truth of origin, we find that there are or, uh, karma that is origin and afflictions that are origin. Um, because uh, they are beings that are involved in karma and the afflictions, the ignoble more often, they are necessarily <coughs> beings that will go to the lower realm. So here this is a uh, uh, saying that it, this will be a future uh, uh, occurrence. If one has uh, misdeactions mis that are misdeeds, uh, one has afflictions, then one will go to. Here, this is a, uh, when we look at the Tibetan, the etymology, it, it breaks it into a future tense. And translated into English, it's very obvious. But here it's saying that uh, there will, will, will be this rebirth because of that. Uh, so uh, that's what it's literally saying. Because most ordinary beings are involved in no ignoble, there will be this experience or rebirth in the lower realms. ตาลาบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบะบ
likewise, if I have the karma and the afflictions uh, collected, then I will go to the lower realm. So here, uh, the more coarse way of looking at it is gathering the causes to go somewhere, such as school. Uh, and the subtle way of looking at it is looking at it in the sense of uh, um, uh, the, the, the correct signs that show the experience of a future rebirth in the lower realms because of the, the familiarity or the uh, involvement with karma and afflictions, involvement with the superior truth of origin. Here it says ordinary beings uh, will surely go uh, to the uh, lower realm. So here this is a correct sign of nature or a naturally natural uh, correct sign. And the reason uh, we say it's of the same nature uh, is it uh, has a relationship uh, with, a, 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 with the, the natures have a relationship with one another. Um, so here, when we um, uh, look at the, a field in Middletown, for instance, uh, if a field in Middletown uh, has within it the, uh, the seed and the water and the earth and all of these things, uh, then the, it is a relationship with the tree uh, that will be produced from this field because all of these things are present there there is a nature uh, that when these things are there, uh, this occurs. So there's a relationship there. So it's a, a nature, uh, uh, it's called a, um, a correct sign of same nature or of, of nature, just a correct sign of nature. Uh, so because of this, uh, um, all of these things uh, in this middle town field are present, uh, there's this relationship that is created between it and its tree or it's what it what it, it, it's tree or it's sprout um, and if those are there then the sprout will happen uh, likewise ordinary beings uh, have this more involvement with the ignoble therefore uh, the lower realm experience uh, occurs for most ordinary beings uh, because of, of the uh, uh, and this is called a natural correct sign, correct sign of the same nature. And, and the commentary on Dignaga's uh, 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 valid cognition by Dharmakirti, it says just by having that nature, it automatically has a perfect relationship of nature. Uh, so that's a, a short verse in Dharmakirti's text. <laughs> So 
So when we say uh, we're an ordinary being is a person who is involved with the ignoble, involved with the karma and the afflictions, they are necessarily going to the field of the lower realms generally because one has uh, this uh, re uh, uh, same nature uh, um, as that which ex produces that experience. Um, then it is necessarily true that one will, ordinary beings generally will go to, uh, if we're using the field analogy, the field of the lower realms, because these uh, um, um, ignoble involvements or involvement with the, that which creates that is uh, uh, more common. What did Pimaji Manan Tabamai do on this? So here it says, So here in the 400 verses it says, Humans for the most part are involved in things ignoble, therefore most ordinary beings will surely go to the lower realms. Uh, so here, because most ordinary beings have collected the causes for rebirth in the lower realms, most normal ordinary beings go to the lower realms. So here this is a correct sign of nature. There are three kinds of correct sign. Correct sign of effect, correct sign of nature, and non, a correct sign of non-observation. This being correct sign of nature. What so when we look at the, the among the three correct signs, the correct sign of effect, the correct sign of reason, I'm sorry, the correct correct sign of nature and the correct sign of non-observation, uh, we'd say that this is the correct sign of, of nature. Now, there isn't a, a correct sign of uh, cause, um, and the reason for this is there is no pervasion there. Uh, we can't say that if the cause is there, there is necessarily uh, this definite result, because we find uh, the example of Angumala, uh, who engaged in these non-virtuous activities, uh, and because uh, of something, uh, there was uh, um, there was not the experience of those causes that had to occur. Uh, so a cause, correct sign, a causal correct sign wouldn't be uh, appropriate. There isn't such thing. There is no cause correct sign. Uh, <coughs> we can see that if, that's pre if there is A, there isn't always necessarily B. There's no pervasion. And then if we say posit, we would say angumala. Uh, case where he accumulated those misdeeds but didn't experience the results of those misdeeds. So it's not called the correct sign of cause. Uh, we only have correct sign of effect, correct sign of nature, and correct sign of non-observation. <laughs> What the 
so in the uh, Pramana Vartika Karika, uh, Dharmakirti's commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition, he talks about uh, when one collects the uh, um, uh, collects uh, certain uh, uh, things that have relationships with one another that are the same nature, then uh, uh, this is necessarily a, a correct sign of nature or a, 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 a correct sign of nature. So if there, uh, here again, there is a field that has all of the components that are together, the sprout, the earth, and the water, and the, uh, uh, the seed, and so forth, and there can necessarily uh, be a tree that rises. Uh, likewise, uh, here, if there is a completion of all of the collections that have a relationship with one another, uh, then this is somehow uh, shows the correct sign of, of nature. So here, uh, again, in this text, we're seeing the correct sign of, of nature. So when we're looking at uh, the, the presence of future lives, or we're uh, looking at uh, the, pre the, the, uh, the uh, likelihood of going to the lower realms, we're utilizing the correct sign of nature in order to do so future lives and uh, 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 the um, lower realm rebirth in future lives. So it's uh, similar to what's stated in the uh, Pramana Vartika Karika about uh, this. Or what? this is what is stated. ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、
So then, for instance, for even a single moment of anger towards the Bodhisattva, you must stay for an eon in the unrelenting hell. So this is something Buddha has stated, that this single moment of anger towards the Bodhisattva causes this eon in the one of, one of the hells. As this is so, goes without saying uh, that you uh, will have to stay for many eons in the miserable realms on account of uh, having in your mind stream the imprints of many sins that you have previously accumulated over many lifetimes. So since beginningless lifetimes, uh, in beginningless lives, we've accumulated misdeeds, uh, and uh, we've done this so many times. Uh, and so it says... Uh, um, so what need is there? To, it says it goes without saying that we'll have to stay for many eons in the miserable realm. So it says we don't even need to talk about it. It's obvious because since beginningless time we've engaged in these things. And then it says uh, these uh, uh, imprints have not been erased by an antidote and have not yet issued effects. So here it's saying there these imprints are present and there hasn't been an application of an antidote. The four uh, opponent powers haven't been applied, for instance, to uh, um, purify them. And if they have not been removed, then they will necessarily to uh, uh, effects that have not yet been issued. So the effects will arrive in the future if they have not been purified. Still, if you completely clear away... Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Right there. Uh, so the example of the difficulty of achieving the life of leisure and opportunity is complete as well as the reason, the correct sign for that example, to prove that example or that thesis. Okay, so we're going to take a five-minute break. Uh, anybody want something to drink or eat? Uh, Masa di 
Chin so the, the next uh, among the um, points is the third. We've gone over the first two. And the next is the rarity of accumulated the causes that um, uh, 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 that uh, negate um, miserable rebirths. Uh, and then, uh, so... First of all, um, engaging in an antidote of some sort uh, and getting rid of previously accumulated karma is difficult. Uh, and then, after one has done that, restraining oneself from accumulating future uh, uh, negative karma is also difficult. So it's very rare to be able to uh, achieve this happy rebirth um, because it's rare to be able to completely clear away the negative karma and then to be able to after that's done, refrain in the future from accumulating karma. So, in the case of Angumala, uh, who was able to apply an antidote, get rid of all the previously accumulated karma, uh, and then uh, not again accumulate karma uh, that would propel uh, him into the lower realm. So, uh, being like this is very rare because of the causes that uh, are needed are very rare. Uh, so uh, this is the third point, the rarity of being able to uh, um, uh, be assured a higher rebirth or achieving a higher rebirth. So if we look at a company who sells items, if the causes aren't present in order to produce the items that the company is selling, then they're not going to be able to have the items to sell. Uh, so they need the causes in order to produce those things. Mm-hmm. So here we're looking at the text, it says still, if you completely clear away previously accumulated causes of miserable rebirths and restrain yourself from engaging in these causes again, you are assured a happy rebirth. So if you've done all this, it's not rare to have a happy rebirth. So that's the first, it's not rare to have a happy rebirth if you've done these things. Uh, it says you are assured a happy rebirth. But, however, doing this is extremely rare. So actually engaging in these, as Angumala had, is an extremely rare circumstance. It says, if you do not act this way, you will be born in a miserable realm. Nandu 
So it says, uh, um, if you, as Angomala did, or beings, clear away all of the previously accumulated uh, causes by applying an antidote or the opponent powers, and then restrain from engaging in causes again, it's certain that you will have a happy rebirth. So this is a definite. Uh, but it's extremely rare to find this occurrence. So this is an extremely rare situation. And it says, if you don't act that way, you will definitely be born into the lower realms or the miserable realms. And then it says, once you're there, you will not cultivate virtue, but you will continuously commit sins. You will not even hear the phrase, happy realms for many eons. Therefore, a life of leisure and opportunity is very difficult to obtain. And then there's a quote from the Bodhichara Avatara. So first, so then the first stanza says, with behavior such as mine, I will not attain a human body again. If I do not attain it, I will commit sin and never be virtuous. So uh, here, with behavior such as mine, so the misdeeds that I engage in through the body, speech, and mind, the, the non-virtuous misdeeds that I engage in, uh, uh, make it so I will not attain a human body again. Uh, so uh, it's saying that th these non-virtuous activities will cause me to not have a human body again. And if I don't have it again, uh, I will continuously commit non-virtuous act, non-virtue. I will not engage in virtuous activities. <coughs> Okay. So here with behavior such as mine, the behavior that I engage in is the origin of suffering, is karma that is origin, uh, the non-virtuous activities of my body, speech, and mind. Uh, uh, are origins of suffering. So 
with this kind of behavior, I won't uh, get a human body again, and if I don't get it again, I will commit sin and never be virtuous. So, uh, without this basis, uh, uh, there will just be a constant involvement in non-virtue. If I do not cultivate virtue, even when I have the chance to do so, uh, what virtue will I cultivate in a miserable realm, completely confused and suffering? So here, if now I have this human basis with the eight leisures and the ten opportunities, the five and five pertaining to myself and others, if I have these currently, uh, um, if I don't engage in virtue or cultivate virtue now, uh, what will happen when I uh, am in the lower realms? I won't be able to cultivate virtue. I, I, if I'm born into the uh, any among the eight hot hells or the eight cold hells or the uh, hungry ghost realms or the animal realms, if I'm born in any of these lower realms, uh, I will be completely confused and suffering. So what virtue will I cultivate there? Uh, so if now I can't do it, how do I expect to do so when I'm in the lower realms of suffering? So here, if I cultivate no virtue and accumulate sins, I will not even hear the name Happy Realm uh, for billions of eons. So here, uh, if now I have this human basis with the eight leisures and the ten opportunities and I don't do anything about it, uh, how do I expect to do something in the future? And if I do not cultivate, vir if, I ha if I cultivate no virtue and only engage in the um, sins, uh, or negativities, I will not even hear the name happy realms for billions of eons. I won't even uh, hear of a higher realm. Uh, so we have this uh, human basis. So if I do not cultivate virtue, cultivating virtue is referring to cultivating the, the paths, the virtuous paths that lead to 
the higher realms, those virtuous pathways which lead to liberation or nirvana, those virtuous pathways which leads to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Uh, so if I don't do this now, uh, how will I expect to in the future? And if I don't do this, I will go to uh, the lower realms and I will not be able to for uh, a billion for uh, a billion eons uh, even hear the name of the higher realms. So here, um, it says I will not even hear the name higher realms or if I don't cultivate the virtue. The next is the example. Uh, when we look at the uh, reasons for the difficulty of achieving the human rebirth, we find that the causes are difficult, then we find that the numbers are small, and then we find that the uh, examples of its difficulty in the past. And when we speak of the examples of the difficulty of achieving a human uh, basis with the eight leisures and the ten endowments, we uh, give the example of this blind sea turtle that comes up from the bottom of the ocean every hundred years. Uh, it's a golden yoke that's passing out violently, going all over the, this vast ocean. And every hundred years, this blind sea turtle comes up, and he just happens to poke his head through this yoke that's tossing about the ocean. Uh, um, and and it's give, this example is used to show the difficulty and the rarity of achieving uh, the human basis. And here it says, Thus the Bhagavan said that this human life is as difficult to obtain as it is for a sea turtle to put its neck into a yoke tossing about on the vast ocean. So here, uh, this is using that example that we use to show the difficulty, an example of the difficulty of achieving the human basis. So we find that the impossibility, how impossible it is uh, in order for this blind sea turtle to come up and actually pop his head through this yoke, golden yoke that's tossing about the ocean. Uh, when we see that difficulty, we see how difficult it would be for us to achieve this uh, life in the, uh, uh, with the eight leisures and, and ten endowments in the higher realms. <laughs> 
If even a single moment's wrongdoing causes you to abide in the unrelenting hell for an eon, it goes without saying that you will not enter a happy realm due to sins heaped up since beginning this time. Uh, so here it's uh, going back to that example of a moment's anger towards a bodhisattva causes an eon of uh, experience in the unrelenting hell. So here uh, Lama Tsongkhapa um, is using the information found here. So it's saying uh, if that's the case, then it, since beginningless time we've been engaged in non-virtuous activities. We've engaged in uh, um, uh, misdeeds. So since... Uh, it, uh, since that's the case, it, what need is there to say that one won't enter into a happy realm? Uh, if, if this one moment of anger causes this experience of, of an eon and an unrelenting hell, what, what more is there to say? What need is there to say that it's dif uh, difficult to enter the happy realm? <laughs> Mamusumas, <laughs> Nasun so now uh, there's a qualm that's positive, uh, and it says, When I experience the suffering of the miserable realms, I will be ex extinguishing previous bad karma, and then I will be reborn in a happy realm. Hence, getting out of the miserable, miserable realms is not difficult. So this uh, idea is put up that since when you, ex when you experience uh, the fruition of non-virtuous activity, it extinguishes that previous karma, then getting out of the miserable realms must be easy. So there's a doubt uh, in this idea uh, that's posited here that then will be uh, replied to. So here it's saying uh, it must not be difficult because if one experiences the ripening of the, the karma, then the result is has happened 
and then it, it, the previously accumulated karma is no longer there because its, it's uh, um, fruition has taken place. Uh, um, so here, uh, it's saying it must not be difficult to get out of the lower realms then because of that which puts you there uh, is extinguished. Um, and then there's a reply to that to negate this uh, idea. And then the response now. Uh, while you are experiencing the suffering in the miserable realms, you are constantly accumulating sins. Therefore, although you may die in a miserable realm, you will continue to be reborn in the miserable realms. Because of this, getting out of the miserable realms is difficult. Uh, and then there's a quote from the Bodhichara Avatara, the uh, Shanti Devas guide the Bodhisattva's way of life, or engaging in the Bodhisattva deeds. It says, experiencing only the effects of that karma will not get you out, while experiencing the effects you create other sins. So here, uh, the effects of that karma are referring to the uh, experience of the suffering of the lower realms, the experience of the suffering of the hell realm, the suffering of the hungry ghost realm, the suffering of the animal realm. So it says experiencing only effects of that karma, so having the experience of the lower realm rebirth doesn't get you out of the lower realms. Uh, while experiencing the effects, which is the experience of the lower realm rebirth, you create other sins. So you accumulate more non-virtuous activities through your body, speech, and mind uh, while uh, abiding in those lower realms, even though you are experiencing the fruition of uh, uh, um, the misdeeds, which is suffering. Uh, more non-virtuous created that will create future suffering, and therefore uh, will not. You will not get out, meaning you will uh, stay perpetually in the lower realms because of this. Um, so, uh, uh, Julie uh, had some questions. I don't know how we want to do this. Is it are these questions that you want personally for Rinpoche without others to hear, or questions 
So there are four com uh, chapters in the Dharmakirti's prominent Varika Karika. Uh, and this is found in the first chapter uh, where we find the signs and reasonings. Pramache uh, uh, listed the four. Uh, one of them was uh, valid cognition, one of them was um, direct perception. Um, signs and reasoning, valid cognition, direct perception, and the fourth one is escaping me. But uh, within the first chapter, we find this uh, explanation of correct signs and reasoning. Uh, and we find the, the division of three uh, correct signs. Uh, correct signs of result, correct si of effect, correct signs of nature, and correct signs of non-observation. What that did so the first uh, um, correct sign is the correct sign of uh, result. And here this is uh, recognizing uh, because there is a result, there is necessarily a cause that's present. So for instance, if one sees smoke on a mountain pass, one can posit that there's fire uh, because uh, there is uh, smoke. Because the result is there, uh, there is necessarily the cause of it. So this is an example of correct sign of effect. <laughs> So then if we look in the uh, um, medical setting, uh, if we have somebody who is sick, uh, a doctor will rely upon various tests. The doctor will look at the blood uh, with machines. And in dependence upon uh, all of these results that the doctor is seeing uh, in, in his, analysis, his or her analysis, able to conclude that it is caused by a tuberculosis or cancer or diabetes. So we're able to utilize this in the medical setting, this uh, use of uh, correct signs of uh, um, result or effect. Uh, uh, so this is another example of, of how, uh, of this correct sign of effect. What the 
Okay. Okay. Oh, our activities. I see. I see. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, and then another example. Uh, if we look at um, uh, different negative emotions, if we look at anger or uh, pride or hatred or attachment, this isn't something that we see. This isn't something that is form. It's not color. It's not shape. It's not something that can be apprehended by an eye consciousness. So it's not something that It's not something that. Uh, can be apprehended by an eye consciousness. Um, so it is, uh, uh, it's actually a consciousness. Uh, so it's not something that, that's form, uh, being color or shape or anything like that. But by, for instance, someone's actions uh, that they carry out, one can uh, uh, tell if there is this anger or pride or uh, other things present, and, uh, negativities present. And for instance, sometimes uh, when someone gets very angry, uh, their face turns extremely red and their uh, um, physical features become very uh, heightened. Uh, or, or that's just red uh, and aggressive, red and aggressive. Um, so here, this is an example of the use of a correct sign of result uh, to uh, um, conclude that the person is angry, for instance. So uh, here is another example of, of how correct sign of result uh, would be used. so the next is uh, the establishment of previous lives. When we look at how we establish previous lives, we say there are three correct signs to establish previous lives. First, the consciousness. Uh, the consciousness came from a previous consciousness. Uh, uh, it came from a previous consciousness. Therefore, this is the first uh, uh, proof of uh, um, previous lives. Uh, and, and then the, the breathing in and out that came from a previous breathing in and out that came from a previous in and out. Uh, to prove of previous lives, and then the uh, um, sense powers that came from the previous sense powers that came from the previous sense powers that prove the, the presence of previous lives. So these would be uh, uh, examples of correct signs of effect uh, by using these uh, uh, examples of breathing, of sense power, and consciousness would prove previous lives. Well, technology, that that's a good thing. 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 That's
ਰਾਜੀ ਦਾਦਾ ਰਾਜੀ ਜਿੱਤਾ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਤਾਂ ਦੇਦਾ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਜੀ ਦੁਤਾ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਦੁਤਾ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਜੀ ਨੂੰ ਮਬ ਦੁਆਈ ਚਿੰ ਗਾਬੀ ਤੇ ਜਿਸੂਸ ਤਾਂ ਦਾ ਸੋ ਨਾ ਨਹੀਂ ਦੁਤਾ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਰਿਸ ਚੀ ਗਾਬੀ ਤੇ ਜਿਸ ਗਾਬੀ ਤੇ ਤੂੰ ਨਹੀਂ ਦੁਤਾ ਦੁਤਾ ਗਾਤਾ ਹੈ ਰੋਜੀ ਚੁਸ ਗਾਬਸ ਗਾਬਸ ਹੁੰਦੀ ਹੈ ਨਾ ਗਾਤਾ ਦੇ ਗਾਤਾ ਰੋਜੀ ਚੁਸ ਦੁਬਾ ਰੋਜੀ ਚੁਸ ਦਲੇ ਸੇਵਾ ਚਮਾ ਤਾਵੇ ਬੱਚੇ ਸੇਵਾ ਕਾਮਾ ਮੋਦ ਸੋਤੇ ਸੇਵਾ ਇਹ ਸੇਵਾ ਕਾਮਾ ਮੋਦ ਸੋਤੇ ਸੇਵਾ ਦੁਬਾ 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 ਦਾ ਗਾਬਾ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਤੁਰਨ ਨਹੀਂ ਜਿਹਦੇ ਜਿਤਾਇ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਗਾਬਾ ਸਨਾ ਚਿਤ ਲੋਲੇ ਲੋ ਲੋ ਤੇ ਦਿਲ ਨਾ ਬਚਾਇ ਤੇ ਗਾਬੀ ਨਾ ਬਚੇ ਤੇ ਸਵਾਦੇ ਗਾਬਾ ਦੇ ਸੁਨਾ ਦਿਮਾਸ਼ੀ ਦੇਵਾ ਮਾਰੂ ਮੈਂ ਮਾਇਸ ਮੋਦਾ ਕੋ ਗਾਬਾ ਇਹ ਜੋ ਕੁਝ ਜਿਤੇ ਬਮਾਰੂ ਤੇ ਤੈਨੇ ਇਮੇਜ ਤੇ ਬਮਾਰੂ ਬਦਲ ਗਾਬਰੇ ਹੋ ਗਿਆ। ਉਹਨੇ ਜੁਰਤਾ ਹੈ ਨਾ ਮਾਮੀ ਬਤਾ ਨਾ ਚੱਲਦਾ। ਕਾਦਾ ਹੁੰਦਾ। ਤੇ ਜੋ ਕੁਝ ਜਿਤੇ ਬਮਾਰੂ ਤੇ ਤੈਨੇ ਇਮੇਜ ਜਿਹਾ ਮਾਮੀ ਬਤਾ ਨਾ ਚੱਲਦਾ। ਤੇ ਤੈਨੇ ਇਮੇਜ ਕੋਚ ਚਾਹੀ। ਤੇ So again there are um, some more technical uh, terms that I'm just don't I don't have time. There's different uh, types of of uh, uh, correct signs. Uh, let me go to this other part. Uh, when we're looking at the um, correct signs of nature, we find that uh, in the the uh, explanation that we gave from the Arya Davis 400 verses and showing how this is an example of a correct sign uh, of nature here, this relationship uh, of nature that uh, uh, is a correct sign of nature. Uh, and then the last one is the correct sign of non-observation. And this would be a pervasion such as the subject sprout is not truly established because it is dependently originates. Um, because So there's a, a, a negative statement here, is not truly established because it dependently originates. And if it is a correct sign establishing uh, uh, the wisdom realizing uh, emptiness, then it is necessarily a correct sign of non-observation. ชีวะตมบุตุตุบะเนี่ยชีวะตมบุตุมุจิบะมุจิบะตราชีจิบะตราชีจิบะเชบะยินเดชีวะยินเดมุบิเบชุปะนะมุชีวะตมบุตุจ
Okay, so uh, when we look at establishment and we look at uh, negation or uh, establishment uh, and then negation or a negative affirmation, uh, I, I'm not sure if it's negative affirmation or negation where we look at the, uh, the correct sign of non-observation. Uh, the subject sprout is not truly established because it dependently originates. Um, so this sign of non-observation, uh, 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 th this is the example of the sign of non-observation. Uh, so uh, we would say that um, that would fall in its category separately uh, and that the correct sign of effect and the correct sign of uh, nature would categorically fall under established correct sign. So. For instance, if we looked uh, uh, at the correct sign of nature and we looked for another example, we would say uh, the old person at the time of death <coughs> will have a future life uh, because there is attachment <coughs> present. Um, uh, so because there is attachment present, there will necessarily be a future life. Uh, so this is a, an example of the uh, sign, <coughs> uh, of, of uh, correct sign of uh, nature. Uh, and then those other examples of because uh, a person is a person who has uh, karma and afflictions and uh, uh, negativities, uh, <coughs> this ordinary person will normally go to the lower realms uh, because of this uh, um, uh, familiarity with or involvement with the, these negativities, the, the karma and the inf uh, afflictions. So uh, these would all be examples of that. Uh, and then Rinpoche gave the, uh, the example of the subject sound is an arisal uh, because it's a functioning uh, uh, because it's a functioning thing. So when we look at the, the term arisal, we look at the term functioning thing. We'll find that these things are synonymous. Uh, they are dunchik uh, because they're synonymous. They are necessarily of one nature. Uh, so their nature is of the same essence. Uh, so the subject sound is an arisal because of being a functioning thing. Because if it's a functioning thing, it's necessarily uh, and arisal. So there's a relationship of nature there. Uh, so this is how we uh, find establishments and we, uh, how we establish things by utilizing correct signs. The first two correct signs being correct signs of establishment, which are correct signs of effect, correct signs of, of uh, um, uh, nature, and then the uh, uh, non-affirming correct sign or the I'm sure I'm not sure if it's that or a negation correct sign, uh, which would be the a sign of non-observation, which would be the subject sprout is not truly established because it dependently originates. So all of these uh, are found in signs and reasoning texts as well as the the logic primer uh, and some of the technical terms that I don't have. I apologize for.
So the definition of a correct sign is that which has uh, uh, three three modes. So, 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 Shuchu Okay, so the, here the three modes are the property of the subject, uh, so it's the reason's relevance to the subject, the positive pervasion, and the reverse pervasion. Again, I apologize, this is very complex dialect, this is in the dialectical text, so I apologize. So the three modes are the property of the subject. So if we look at the first, the property of the subject, the reasons of relevance to the subject, if we look at the, the subject sprout, is not truly established because it dependently arises. So its dependent origination uh, is the uh, property of the subject. Uh, so the dependent origination is the property of the subject, the sprout. Uh, so that would be, uh, uh, be an example of uh, uh, the property of the subject when we look at the three modes. The next mode, the positive pervasion is, if it is truly established, if it is, not, if it is dependently originated, it is necessarily 
uh, not truly established. Uh, so this is the positive pervasion. And then the dochap, dochap? Dochas dharita, deba medzoti dushu karita, deba tuba marita. Deba tuba ina dende mahimichas. Deba tuba dende mahimichas. Deba tuba ina dende mahimichas. Okay, so then a reverse pervasion is uh, looking at it. If it is truly established, it is necessarily not dependently originated. So if that would be the reverse pervasion. So it would be the property of the subject is that the sprout is not truly is uh, dependently originates. So that the dependently origin dependent origination is the property of the subject. The positive pervasion is that if it's not truly established, it it dependently. Uh, it dependently originates, therefore it is not truly established. And the reverse pervasion is, if, if it is truly established, it is necessarily not dependently originate. So those are the three modes of a pervasion uh, of correct signs. So here, when we define a correct sign, it is that which has three modes. So it has those three modes about it, if it is a correct sign. And then there are three divisions of correct sign correct sign of effect, correct sign of uh, nature, and correct sign of non-observation. Okay, so when we look at the, the, the sub, uh, there is smoke on a mountain pass, uh, therefore uh, there is fire. When we look at this, uh, when we look at the property of the subject, uh, the smoke uh, uh, on the mountain pass uh, is, uh, the, uh, gives rise to the fact that there is a fire. So the, 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 the doubt arises, or uh, uh, this idea arises that there's a fire because there's this smoke. Uh, so there is the property of the subject. So the uh, the chu chu the doa yuna may you may you. The mountainside there's a, a, a yeah there's smoke. So then if there's fire or not there's a, a doubt that arises. So this is what we would say is a a, a, a mode of property of subject. So then, okay. So a positive pervasion is if there is smoke, there is necessarily fire. Uh, so if there is smoke, there is necessarily fire is a positive uh, positive pervasion. So the property of the subject for let's just I want to make it clear. Property of the subject is uh, there is smoke on a mountain pass. So uh, there must there there must be some sort of uh, fire over there. Uh, so this is the uh, property of the subject. The smoke on the mountain pass, there must be a fire. The next is a positive pervasion. If there is smoke, there is necessarily fire. And this would be the positive pervasion. Okay, then the reverse pervasion is, if there is not fire, there is not smoke. So it has to, it's qualified by these three modes. Uh, if, just to clarify, it's qualified. Correct signs are qualified by these three modes. Uh, so they have uh, uh, the property of the subject, the positive pervasion, and the reverse pervasion. So there are three kinds of correct signs, and all three kinds of correct signs have these three modes. So if you slowly think about it, you'll uh, slowly understand this. And there's 
probably need in English about at least probably eight books or so for reference material on these subjects. And if anybody's interested in what those are, uh, they're around. Uh, but there's definitely uh, limited subject material uh, and it's translated in English on some of this stuff. So the human mind uh, is very intelligent. So if we think about these things, we slowly can understand uh, um, all of them. Uh, so this is something we've never talked about before. So uh, this is something that's a new subject. So we're uh, just we're, we're approaching it now. We're approaching it now. So thank you very much. Uh, so we'll do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Losandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avalokiteshvara, Tenzin Gyatso, may you stay until Samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Tenzin Wandak, a polar spiritual and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Rimachi, don't need to be dying, 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 dying